Hi, this is The Root Cellar, where we talk about the reasons why we choose to make, create, and continue to learn old-school homesteading skills in a modern world. My name is Andrea, and I live on a small farm in eastern Oregon. And I'm Jolene. I also live in eastern Oregon. No farm, though. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so what have you been up to this last week? Well, today is actually my birthday. Woohoo! I'm 33. Woohoo! And so this weekend I went... Uh, down to my parents. They live in Vancouver and just kind of hung out and went and got a pedicure with my daughter. So now our little private joke is about mature sparkles. Mature sparkles. What? Because when we were picking colors, you know, right, you go in the nail salon and pick colors. She's like, I want purple and pink and sparkly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course. Of course. And she also got a little flower on there. And I said, I think I'm going to pick something more mature. And I'm just kind of looking over and she goes, do you like mature sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> Give me like a good name for a blog or something. Yeah, mature mature sparkles. sparkles, yeah. Yeah, so that. And then she also got lost in the Vancouver Mall. <gasps> we have terrible luck at the Vancouver Mall because once Santa Claus dropped my baby on his head yes. in the Vancouver Mall, that happened. And we went to the emergency room, but he was fine. Um, but actually at the same end of the mall, by the pennies, I had just gone in there. I was looking at something. I had all my three kids, youngest in a stroller. She was with me. She was absolutely with me. And then she wasn't. Hmm. And I was right at the entrance of a store. Was your mom with you? No. Oh. No. Um, And she wasn't there. And I'm just freaking out. I mean, progressively, minute by minute. Like I'm. She had hidden in a rack earlier, so I'm looking through all the racks, and I'm thinking, like, what if she went out? And I didn't, yeah. I could, I didn't, I'm right at the border. I don't know if she went in the store further or out of the You're store. You're not sure what to do, like which yeah. way to go. And I asked a gal at, that worked there who was walking by. I'm like, have you seen my daughter? She's, she's little and she's wearing a pink tutu. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, nope. And she just keeps walking. Uh. And I was like, uh, like, I don't know what to do. Because you think someone's going to help you and nobody's even yeah. responding. And then I keep yelling her name louder and louder. And then finally this guy who's been sitting on a bench out in the, you know, the hallway, he comes and he goes, he comes, he's like, excuse me, I think she's over there. And there's, um, further down the, what the aisle way a little bit, there's like a bunch of those coin operated horses and little, little delivery truck thing is what it was that she was in. It looked like a delivery truck Hmm. and she was in there pretending to drive it. Oh my goodness. I was crying like sobbing by that point. <laughs> and I go and I wrench her out of that she's thing. She's probably freaked out. And I'm like, like, oh my God. I thought someone took you. Huh? And she's just like, <laughs> starts like screaming, crying. So someone probably thought I was taking her, but <laughs> oh, she has scary. my face. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they probably figured it out. Oh my goodness. I was, I was so scared. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That's awful. But otherwise, the weekend was good. Just my kids trying to, like, get kidnapped, but... Beyond that. Not beyond that. Well, they're so used to being, you know, where we live, where the grocery store in town, we know the people that work there. Yeah. So if she's... Th- their leash is longer. Their invisible leash, you know, is like... Yeah. Like... It, their cage is larger? Yes, their cage <laughs> is larger. They can go and, you know, somebody's yeah. going to say, where's your mommy? Yeah. Instead of... Snatcher, jeez, oh, lots more excitement than than we've had around here. I think beyond yeah. the snow, it's continued. And yeah, no more dead pigs or anything. Snow, 
no more dead pigs. Well, actually, Saturday was really awesome. Um, did my first baking class here on the oh, farm. Oh, yeah. So that was exciting. Soda bread. Yeah, we did Irish so- because Hepner has um, our little town nearby. is really big in St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And so I did an Irish soda bread class, and then we sewed linen bread bakes to put the mm-hmm. loaves in. So while the loaves were baking in the oven, everyone got to make their own personalized bakes. That yeah, was a I lot of fun. Yeah, saw pictures. It was pretty cute. Yeah, it turned out really well, and we had a good turnout. And, yeah, it was just fun. So that's kind of... yeah. What, we, what I've been up to, um, getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's kind of a big thing. And so my husband, um, my daughter, Lita, and I are all kind of trying to figure out our volunteer schedules. Mm. So my husband's, like, busy Friday, and then Lita's busy Friday afternoon. And then Saturday, mm-hmm. Lita's busy, I'm busy, and then I'm busy, and then Lita and he are busy. So it's like... For two days, we have to figure out who's volunteering where and when and for how long and how long we have to be in town for. So that's how small communities are, though, and that's how things yeah. work. Like, if you want things to get done, it takes lots of volunteers. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be fun. Lita's super excited for it, and uh, Charlie will be thrilled to go to the bouncy house and run and around the and, and the parade and all that. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're getting ready for. Yeah. But today, we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about... Well, speaking of bread... Yes. Um, the, we kind of want to start out with a with a book recommendation. This yes. book Andrea lent to me, and I have to apologize to her because it <laughs> has been relieved of its index because my two-year-old stole it <laughs> while I was looking at it. I had it on the counter, and he just got a stool and got up there and took it and took the in, pulled out the three pages of the index. But anyway, the book is called Make the Bread... By the Butter. It's by Jennifer Reese. And the subtitle is What You Should and Shouldn't Cook from Scratch Over 120 Recipes for the Best Homemade Foods. Yes. So kind of the topic at hand is what's worth it to make and what's not. Because time is money. Yeah, time is money. And kind of I was thinking about this this weekend because what I was doing in the mall was going on a shopping spree for my birthday and spending money on clothes. Clothes are so cheap. Yes. It is way more expensive to make clothes than to buy them at this time. Yes. And so I bought I bought basically a whole new wardrobe for $150, but I could probably make three decent pieces for myself for $150. Yeah. Again, quantity over quality, though. Yeah. A little bit. A but little with clothing, bit. clothing... It comes in and out of fashion so yeah, fast. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you might yeah. have them for a year or something, and right. then you're done, and yeah. Yeah, and when you're on the... The weight loss program, like me, I've been through four sizes in the last three years. Yeah. So you don't really uh, want to invest in like really right. good, like expensive pieces. Right. And not only right. that, half the time the expensive pieces are made out of fabrics that you have to be so careful oh handling. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, they're shrunk. One time I had this really, really cute. Oh, I remember this. I know what you're going to say. Wool dress. <laughs> <laughs> I loved this thing. Ah. <sighs> Justin has to do the laundry. <laughs> and it came back like not even a shirt. It was, it was like child size. It was child size. <laughs> it was literally child size. I like put it on Lita when she was two, if that uh-huh. tells you the size. Yeah, I mean, it was I remember tiny. this. I remember you showing me, oh and it was like, gosh. oh, a little doll dress. <laughs> it, oh, to this yeah. day, that's still like, oh, heartbreaking. I loved right. that dress. I wore it literally like twice mm-hmm. before it was completely yeah. ruined. So, anyway. Yeah, so this is interesting. I was just kind of looking through this book, and some of the things that she says to make kind of surprised me. Well, by the I always thought it was a good idea to buy or to make butter, but 
Unless you're making flavored butter, I guess. Like yeah. making herbed butters or something. Well, and I think her point on that was if you get your heavy whipping cream really cheap, like if it's on mm-hmm. sale or something, mm-hmm. then it can... Costco, it's cheap. Yeah, it can like work out to not cost that much more. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to use the buttermilk leftover from making that... Yeah, if you're actually going to make yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, the cost of buying the heavy whipping cream and then by the time that you whip it down mm-hmm. into actual butter, it really right. it costs more than just buying butter. And the thing with that book, which is cool, she breaks it down. Mm-hmm detailed like this is how much it's going to cost you for this this is the quantity you're going to get out of it this is what it's going to be per ounce or whatever mm-hmm. which is kind of cool yeah and and that's kind of a thing to think about like i'm sure that a lot of you when you go grocery shopping look at the i'm always trying to teach my husband this look at the cost per ounce yeah we're, we use mass quantities of things with five of us so unless it's really going to go bad before we use it we buy the big box yeah. or bottle or whatever yeah so the cost of things really is related to quantity. How much are you going to make? Because if I were just going to can one batch of some certain kind of soup a year and I bought a pressure canner for that purpose, it would not be worth it because it's like hundreds of dollar, dollars piece of equipment. You know? Yeah, you might as well just buy your special soup. Yeah, right. Um, and so probably, you know, I was thinking about this in terms of my hobbies, you know, canning all the jars which the jars are reusable so that's great but the lids are not um but the lids are a dollar a dozen to and replace. pectin and then you're doing jellies and jams and, and things yeah all this equipment and supplies that you need some of them are cheap and some are expensive sugar and vinegar super cheap i mean i buy vinegar in two gallons at a time um but then fruit can be expensive but then like in your soap yeah i just think oils. of all the things you have for soap yeah. Well, the molds, which mm-hmm. are relative, again, if you're only making one or two batches, it's not that cost effective. Mm-hmm. If you're making multiple batches, um, investing in essential oils and colorants and everything, it really depends on how much you're going to make and, and what you're doing. Um, the biggest expense in soaps are the oils. Yeah. And that would be like the olive oil, the coconut oil that we use, and then again, the essential oils. And honestly, the goat milk for me, because... If you're making soap and you don't own goats, if you don't mm-hmm. have a free source of milk, you're paying for goat milk, which can be really expensive. And whatever you're going to find in a store is pasteurized. If you mm-hmm. have a friend, you can buy it from for cheaper. Like I sell it to people fairly inexpensively. Um, but for me to own the goats, I'm having to factor in the feed of goats and the mm-hmm. time of milking goats and the mm-hmm. vet bills and the breeding and all of that that goes into having livestock. And so... Mm-hmm. I got my goats because I love goats. I wanted to make goat cheese and soap and have the animals. But I also looked really carefully into what kind of goats I got. It was worth my time to invest a little bit more money in my goats so that they'd be registered so that I could then sell the babies Mm -hmm. and pay um, really most of the expense to have my goats throughout the year by selling the babies. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, you got to kind of look at that, like what's your initial investment and how much you can get out of it and, yeah. and such for sure. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of, I guess, makes me think of another thing. I was telling you earlier that um, I read an article about um, how a lot of times people with these kind of hobbies, these creative types who with these hobbies are kind of pressured to turn it into a business. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ends up being that too, like, which... Both of us do run yeah. these things as a business, but there there becomes a limit because 
sometimes I'm making something and I'm thinking like, oh, I don't want to make a huge amount of this. I just wanted this. I just wanted this jam this way. Yeah. I don't want to make 50 jars of it. Yeah. Um, when it starts taking the pleasure out of it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's like with soap making, like it becomes sometimes like a pressure, like, oh my gosh, I need to get X amount of batches done mm-hmm. two, two months before a certain event or something so that I'll have enough to sell. Yeah. And then it becomes like a stress and mm-hmm. it kind of takes the pleasure away. Right. Right. And I've been asked a lot of times with my hats about Etsy and I... I get really into it at Christmas time when we're doing our bazaars and making hats and making a lot of them. And I do make them all year, but I just kind of do it. Like I haven't made a hat for a week and that's okay. Yeah. But at that time it's like constant. It's like for a day. Yeah. Even when on working days. And if I had an Etsy and if people, if it got big or something, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. It'd because just come too stressful. Yeah. And it would just be, it would keep me just sitting. My whole life would be sitting on a couch. Yeah. And I'm actually speaking of Etsy. Oh my gosh, what a nightmare. I had an Etsy account and Etsy usually sends you notifications when your things sell. Oh. Well, you know, like I only had a few things on there, some soap, um, maybe some, I don't remember what else, bath bomb. I think it was just primarily soap, maybe some lotion. And I hadn't logged into my account for a few weeks and I hadn't gotten any notifications. Well, I suddenly mm-hmm. decided, oh, I'll just log in and see, you know, what I want to do. And there had been like four or five sales and mm-hmm. I wasn't notified and I hadn't sent the stuff because I didn't know that anybody, oh, oh it was the most like embarrassing, horrible, like it was awful. Yeah. And so I had to message everybody and tell them, I'm so, so sorry, send out their stuff, um, send them extra stuff, reimburse them, whatever they wanted. And then after that, I just shut down my account. I'm like, yeah. I, it's, not worth it. I, it's not worth the stress and it's not like I'm not getting that much money out of that. Yeah. It, it was not worth it to just yeah. the stress of that. Or yeah. like even for me, I'm such a procrastinator on things. The idea of someone buying something and then me having to like get it all packaged and get it to the post mm-hmm. office, which seems really simple. But almost everything I do is made like to order mm-hmm. besides soap because it has to cure. And so if someone orders lotion for me, then I'm making it fresh. Yeah. And so then just that pressure, like, oh, I've got to get that done. I've got to get that done. Yeah. Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah. I just like to make what I want to make. I don't really want to, I don't like doing orders. I know. I feel like that's like some kind of a secret. Like I shouldn't say that. But I don't like doing orders. I know. I just want to make stuff and then distribute it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I feel that way too. A yeah. lot of the time, like I'll do orders. Um, but I prefer to like make a bunch of stuff at once when I'm in the mood and then sell what I mm-hmm. have on hand versus doing custom orders right. and things. Which my husband yeah. would be like, that's not how you run a business. Like, You're right. <laughs> You're right. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm yeah. just having a hobby and, and financing it. Yeah. And that's why I really like teaching the classes mm-hmm. because I can have people, I mean, when I think about all the different things I enjoy doing, a lot of them evolve around education and teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only is that my day job, but I also, that's my weekend job and that's what I like doing. And I have a big passion for education and teaching yeah. in all forms. And so having people come over and teaching them a new skill like soap making or like yeah. the bread baking or doing something fun like that with other people and creating together, mm-hmm. actually I found that to be much more enjoyable than me making a bunch of stuff and selling it. Like, right. And what you're talking about now is another point that I kind of wanted to make about that there's a, a value to this stuff that is not monetary. Yeah. 
it's not all dollars and cents, $20 for this and $15 yeah. for that. It's that what you're talking about is like you're building relationships with people. Yeah. You're achieving something and, and like, um, and disseminating a skill, I guess. Yeah. Teaching people a skill that they might not otherwise have. And so all that has value too. It's yeah. like adding to the community. Yeah. And it's fun. I yeah. really enjoy getting yeah. to have people valuable. come over fun and do valuable. stuff. Yeah. That you get to have fun. That's, that's, I guess that's yeah. kind of the point goes both ways when I'm talking about with this pressure to make your hobby into, it's okay to have a hobby just for having a hobby. Yeah. It's okay if you like to, you know, I don't know, play chess just to play chess, yeah. whatever it is. That, that it's okay to have a hobby that's just a hobby that's not. Well, and I think sometimes people have to be careful. I know for myself that when you start turn, turning a hobby into a business, um, for instance, quilting. I love quilting. I don't do it a lot anymore mm-hmm. just because of space and time. But there for a while I thought, oh, maybe, you know, I could make some quilts and sell them or whatever. That was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that the quilts didn't turn out well, but the amount of time and energy mm-hmm. you put into it, 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 you don't get your money's worth. Right. And then you start getting frustrated when and you're you trying to finish. frustrated and it's just wasn't worth it. So there's certain hobbies that I only do for myself or my friends and family. Yeah. Like I, uh, that I won't sell. Yeah. Yeah. Same with paintings. Like I love to paint. Right. And I love doing different artwork and things like that, but I I don't sell that type of stuff. Right. So I think everybody like has their limits. limit. Yeah. And I think with quilting or something like that, that's so labor intensive and time consuming. And even with the crocheting, I will not do larger projects. That's why I do so many hats because a hat is like, to me, is like a, it takes one skein of yarn. Yeah. It's small. I can carry it with me anywhere. But please, nobody ask me to do a blanket because <laughs> I can, I can't in good conscience charge you as much as my time is worth for that. Yeah. It would be hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that because like you were mentioning about your clothes, mm-hmm. You can get things so mass produced mm-hmm. from cheap labor markets yeah, $10 overseas. Blankets like, all over the place. Yeah, it's just ridiculous right. how cheap products are mm-hmm. that the American consumer doesn't really realize the cost mm-hmm. of quality merchandise. Most mm-hmm. people don't realize how much it really costs to make something right. from scratch by hand. By hand. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're using quality um, ingredients and quality materials. So for instance, a lot of your hats, you use like blended mm-hmm. acrylic blends and things like that. Yeah. But if I were to give you, and you've done this for me, like a skein of alpaca right. or mm-hmm. some other high quality fiber, right? which the skein itself might be $28. Right. And not including your time. Right. You know, yep, people definitely. don't want to spend $60 right. often for a hat. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, and the bigger things for me also just are kind of ungainly. I can't really take them with me to work on once they get past a certain size. So I made a couple baby blankets already this uh, since Christmas. I've made two blank- baby blankets, and they were for you know people who I who I like or who I yeah. you know there's some reason that I'm making it for them, and um, because I care. And so yeah, it's then I don't I don't sit there. And calculate, oh, I'm only getting $2 for this yeah. hour of work by this because I'm not trying to sell it. I'm doing it out of care and I'm just like thinking about like, oh, this will be nice for this baby. And, yeah. and I don't even care if they use it, honestly. I, another thing about giving gifts to people, like I don't, I, 
you can't worry about what the person does with the gift once you've given it to them. So if I give someone a baby blanket and it doesn't match their stuff and it sits in yeah. the closet, it doesn't matter because it's not about the use of the blanket. It's about the the like well wishes I was yeah. engaging in while I was making it. Yes, the gift like. is a kind of about you yeah, blessing people in a way yeah. too, even yeah. if they use it for their dog. Yeah, <laughs> use it for the dog. That's happened to me. That and that's when I had yeah. yeah, that happened to me once, and I had to say, well, I don't. I have to let go of that because yeah, it's not as well. Um, but then I guess the quality of things, like you were just talking about, alpaca yarn or something. Yeah, you're not, you're not gonna buy a beanie at the store that's made out of alpaca yarn, probably not for seven dollars. Whatever. No, no, not for seven dollars. No, seven dollars, yeah. not for. Um, so the quality of things and we can control the things that we're making. And so sometimes that value. Yeah. I've done this with can. Okay. So last summer I was really getting into canning and I was like, I'm going to figure out how much money I'm saving. And I had people, a lot of people give me a lot of jars that they weren't using anymore. And that was so nice. Um, and so that cost was really reduced because the jars kind of. Jars are not cheap. No. The first time you buy them. Yeah. But you can use them over and over. But the first unless time, you're selling them and then you have to unless like you're, yeah. put that price into them because right. they're expensive. Yeah. Right. Um, they end up being, you know, a dollar a piece. Yeah. Um, so I had people giving me the jars and so I was kind of calculating out how much I'd actually spent on jars. And then I was, um, I bought produce and, uh, sugar and the spices and all the spices yeah. can be kind of expensive too. Um, I've actually figured out with pickling spice, to make the pickling spice myself because uh, I can yeah. make a mass of it instead of just buying a little packet of pickling yeah. spice. Um, and then, so I was calculating this all out and I was thinking like, I did beans. Um, I had all these dried beans and I had like 10 pounds of dried beans and it ended up what being... What kind of beans were they? Pinto beans. Because I one time was like, I'm going to save money by I'm buying... I'm like, you didn't do canned green beans. You don't like... Green beans. No, I don't like them. <laughs> um, no, and that's green beans are where the most dangerous. They're the most dangerous thing to can because that's where most people have gotten sick. But um, anyway, so pinto beans, and I had dried pinto beans. I bought like a twenty-five pound bag of it, and I had yeah. probably half the bag, so more than ten pounds. Soaked them, did them. It was like twenty-four pints from that half a bag or whatever. And I had no idea how much it was going to end up to be. But we, yeah. we've been eating those beans ever since. We have tacos once a week, and the kids like to have beans. Yeah. They have beans. But how much is a can of pinto beans? 99 cents. I don't know. Yeah, dollar, a dollar. dollar. Okay. But are they the same quality as the ones that I canned where I added a little bit of garlic in there? And yeah. I, I mean... Do they taste, I don't know, do they, they, do they taste really I good, your taste beans? Good. I, I haven't tried your beans. Good. I just, well, they taste like beans. But I just, yeah. I cook them in a pan and kind of mash them up and put some bacon grease in there and cook them. That sounds delicious. Yeah. And so it's just I mean, easy if, kind if, of refried if, beans, easy. If listeners, if you have never had fresh beans, yeah, go buy yourself a bag of dried beans and cook them and fresh cook sometime. Them. Completely different flavor. Right. Then, yeah, then canned refried beans. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. I mean, um, it takes a little bit more prep work, but it really, it's so much yeah. cheaper. Yeah. And the flavor is just phenomenal if you're a bean eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, that did save me money. The, um, when we did pickled asparagus, well, and that's, I ended up selling most of it and then I don't have any left and I was kind of like, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that we spent 
a bunch of money all at once because we spent a hundred dollars on asparagus and we made all this asparagus. But if we went and bought it, you can buy a two pack of jars of pickled asparagus at Costco. Everything I buy at Costco mm-hmm. for $12. Yeah. I made them for $2 and 53 cents a quart. Yeah. So huge savings. That's a huge savings. And that doesn't include your Costco membership, nor does it include your gas driving to Costco. No, it doesn't. Or does it include my propane? Hmm. Yeah, you would have mm. to include the propane. Cost. I filled up three propane tanks. I think at like that. Like I have the little one because I do. Yeah. I use an outside burner because I don't want to heat up my house in the middle of the summer with yeah. The, um, with the propane. So tank. if I mean if you're going to get down to the nitty gritty, you'd have to break down. So it's probably all more like costs. three dollars. Yeah. But still, that's like half the price of. And the jars at Costco are smaller. They're not. They're not a full quart. Yeah. That's pretty dang good then. Yeah. Speaking of canning and learning how to do that yourself, I've had a lot of questions so far about your canning series that's mm, coming up starting yeah. in April. We need, need to start talking about dates for that. Yeah. And so the, the first thing might be... Might be asparagus. So yeah. this is what I'm afraid of. This is I was going to talk to you about this. Um, with this weather, I don't know if it's going to affect when the asparagus is ready. Ah, that's true. That's why I haven't set a time yet. I, well, I guess it depends on where the asparagus is coming from. Yeah. I got it from Hermiston. Like if it's going to be super local or is it from the valley and the price difference on that? Mm-hmm. That's the issue. That's a good point. We'll have to like look at dates and start. I wonder if it's worth giving a call to the farmers over in Hermiston. Yeah. I was thinking about that's what, That was literally my thought as I was driving to work today yeah. and seeing all these fields still covered in snow. I was like, I wonder how that affects asparagus. I should call. Yeah. But I mean, that brings you know, um, us to another point about the idea of knowing your local farmers. Mm-hmm. Like, Buying local and f- having pr- fresh produce, whether or not you're canning or eating it fresh, mm-hmm. is pretty awesome mm-hmm. to say, oh, you know, this asparagus came from this farm mm-hmm. local, and then I'm going to take it, and then I'm going to can it myself. And then when I go to eat it a year from now, six months from now, like I know mm-hmm. from field right. to table, right. farm to table, so right. to speak, yeah. That was something I was thinking about, too, when I was thinking about the quality of it. It's like, you know that... There haven't been 15 people touching it in the store. Yeah. And with meat, when you raise your own meat, yeah. you know how that animal is treated. Yeah. I mean, and that's really important to me um, as a meat eater. I have no mm-hmm. problem eating, eating meat, but I really do value the idea of raising my own meat. And I know the full cycle mm-hmm. once I get that animal as an infant or whether we raised it um, and it was born on the farm or we bought it from somewhere else. Um we know exactly what's going into that animal, how they're being treated, like mm-hmm. how much free range they have, um, down to when they're going to be processed and what that mm-hmm. is going to be and like. And it makes a big difference, and the flavor is so different. Right. That's one of those things that's hard to attach a number value mm-hmm. to, a numerical value. Is that worth, Yeah. I mean, hundreds of dollars? I mean, what is it worth? It's hard to say because yeah. it depends on how much you're doing and, and all that stuff. And then... Um, and then, oh, the other thing about it is like with canning in particular, this is a kind of a sustainable practice because I'm throwing away a lot fewer tin cans. Oh, that's true. Or, you know, I I remember when I moved out here and there wasn't like easy access to recycling services because I was growing up in Portland. That was a big deal. And we had your little yellow recycle bin and you put things in, you sorted them and you did all this stuff and you rinsed out the tin cans and you put the milk jugs like this and you did. And that was a big deal. 
to the extent that my parents have in their house, like they have their garbage that's in a drawer, you know, and then they have their recycling one with diff- four separate containers yeah. like that. Um, and I came out here and I'm like throwing away tin cans. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But I don't, I don't have anything. And so now canning, I'm, I'm not using any tin yeah. cans. Well, not here. Then. I don't throw I think away. it's changing and we finally did get a recycling center in town. But oh, really? I remember. I didn't even know that. I remember the first, um, my first year teaching out here and I put a paper recycling box in my classroom with just uh-huh. a sign that said recycle, you know, and then I could take it in to yeah. recycle. And the kids asked me, they were like, do you eat meat? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, but you have a recycling box. I'm like, yeah, you can actually like, you know, want to recycle things and yeah. try to keep the planet healthy and still enjoy a good hamburger. Like those two <laughs> things are not mutually exclusive. That's been one of my soapboxes <laughs> lately. Um just teenagers are just fin- figuring it out. They're yeah. just figuring out life. And that's been one of my things. It's like you can be any variety of any combination of things. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have to subscribe yeah. to one ideology that you think goes together. Like you could be super conservative and covered in tattoos. It's fine. Yeah. It's your business. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Or you could like dress a certain way that like most people who listen to this kind of music listen to, but you actually listen to, I don't know, like you dress yeah. country, but you listen to rap music. Go for it. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, it, and like you said, it's a kid, teenager thing. Yeah. They're still trying to figure that out and see yeah. that learning that they don't have to fit into one little compartment, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it is kind of funny. I still, I think back to that. It's just so funny. Some right. of their little comments they said to me when I first moved mm-hmm. here. And I'm from Eastern Oregon. It's not like. Yeah. You're like, I, I live 45 miles from here. I yeah. I was right like, yeah. Um, but anyway, so some mm-hmm. funny things like that. Um, anyway, I think we should kind of keep this a little short because it's your birthday. And mm-hmm. I think... It's my birthday and my anniversary. And your anniversary. It's mm-hmm. your birthday-versary. Mm-hmm. Birthday-versary. Yeah. But my husband's not here. So yeah. Mm. But you got flowers. I got flowers at school. Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. But we have a dinner date. Yeah. With each other. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to eat and talk into the microphone. That would be gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ASMR stuff. You know, that's, have you seen those videos? No, I don't oh, want to. That's a thing where people eat on the camera and make clicking noises Why? into the microphone. I don't know. It's disgusting. Gross. The first one I saw was this lady eating a pickle and I was like, what? <laughs> Why would you even? Pickles are delicious, but I can handle it myself. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's no. how you're going to make your fortune. Make videos just of just like, like this is how you eat a sandwich. Gross. <laughs> like, gross. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so so is it worth it to make things yourself? Well, I vote yes. Yes. Because I do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, but you have to decide on each specific thing yourself, yeah. I guess. I guess it's the same as like we're telling teenagers, like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do all these things. We don't have to make everything ourselves. Yeah. I'm not making macaroni and cheese from scratch, just saying. Oh, but it's so tasty from scratch. I mean, sometimes. Oh, mean. On special occasions, yeah. but I mean, you're not going to get Tuesday. out the, You're not going to get out the pasta maker. No, I'm not. I'm not. From no. the hand, the yeah. great pasta maker. Yeah, I pick and choose. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. Well, again, a big happy birthday to Thank Jolene you. here. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Root Cellar. And we'll uh, be talking to you again next week. Thanks. Bye.